Hello, and welcome to Top Story Daily Edition. I'm JNS Editor-in-Chief Jonathan Tobin. Thanks for joining me for a discussion on the most pressing issues in the Jewish world. Please like, subscribe, and give us good reviews when you listen to the show. Now let's get started. Sometimes, the most important questions are the ones that aren't asked about the issues that generate the most concern. That's certainly true with respect to the widespread and justified concern about a rising tide of anti-Semitism that is spread across the globe to the United States. There, the question that isn't being asked is whether the information we're being fed by the Anti-Defamation League is illuminating the problem or actually doing more to confuse and distort the discussion about its core mission of fighting Jew hatred. Though the partisan tilt of the organization under its current CEO and national director, Jonathan Greenblatt, has been amply documented, it is still treated by the mainstream corporate media, as well as most of the Jewish community, as the authoritative voice on the subject. So when the group issues a report on the issue, as it did last week, with a study on white supremacist propaganda, the world pays attention. The thrust of that document was the claim that the number of, quote, white supremacist events rose to an all-time high in 2022. That was treated as fodder for alarmist headlines that stoked the fears of Jews that the United States is in danger of being overrun by neo-Nazis. But like many of the ADL's reports in recent years, when reading beneath the headlines, the details don't quite justify the fear-mongering that drives the group's successful fundraising efforts. The key data point is that the group counted 170 events of white supremacist propaganda in 2022, as opposed to 108 in 2021. By events, they don't reference actual attacks on Jews, but rather the distribution of anti-Semitic flyers and stickers or posters or banners displayed publicly. Any instance of far-right hate is one too many. Moreover, the memory of the murderous attacks on synagogues in Pittsburgh in 2018 and in Poway in 2019 is deeply embedded in the consciousness of Jews who now have grown sadly accustomed to the sight of armed guards at their places of worship. Anyone who has witnessed any of these events is entitled to be angry and concerned. Yet while vigilance is necessary, the idea that even 170 such instances in a nation of 336 million people constitutes a genuine surge of neo-Nazi hate cannot be taken seriously. The voices of far-right extremists are amplified by the internet, and digital technology has also enabled them to communicate and organize in ways that were impossible a generation ago. Yet the evidence doesn't back up the idea that this is the principal threat to Jewish security. That was illustrated by what happened on February 25th. Although many American Jews feared the worst when the news spread last month of a network of neo-Nazi groups planning a National Day of Hate, what happened was much like the events that the ADL puts forward as proof of a surge of far-right activity. The much-ballyhooed alarmism fell flat when that Saturday proved to be something of a virtual stunt with little, if any, neo-Nazi activity observed. This showed that although they get a lot of PR and attention from the ADL and the liberal media, their numbers remain tiny and they have no political support for their efforts. That is, of course, not the case with the intersectional left. 
it promotes a different brand of anti-Semitism that doesn't seem to generate the same kind of threat alarm among American Jewry. The demonization of Israel and its Jewish supporters, who are branded as the beneficiaries of white privilege and the oppressors of Palestinian people of color, is widespread and routinely published in mainstream publications like the New York Times and broadcast outlets like MSNBC, and as Camera pointed out this week, in overseas outlets like France 24. There are no ADL statistics about left-wing anti-Semitic events where Jews are smeared or tacked in the same manner as reported by neo-Nazis. If there were, the number of such incidents would be so great that would strain even the resources of a wealthy organization like the one run by Greenblatt to assemble the data. Still, it would seem that's what a group like the ADL which does admit that anti-Jewish hate comes from both the left and the right, as well as the Muslim and African-American communities, ought to be doing. Not to mention the fact that while they are all over the question of how many far-right leaflets are handed out, the epidemic of attacks on Orthodox Jews by African-Americans in New York cities is often ignored by the watchdog. What does the ADL care about? Last week, it was laser-focused on looking for hate at the annual Conservative Political Action Conference, or CPAC, in Washington. CPAC came in for special attention from the ADL's Twitter account, which in a series of tweets highlighted what it declared to be dangerous instances of threatening speech. But that's not actually what they found. As the group was forced to admit, Nick Fuentes, the far-right Holocaust-denying anti-Semite, who leads the shadowy Groiper as a group of Jew-hating internet trolls, was denied entry to the conference. He was reduced to an ineffective demonstration that failed to disrupt a Shabbat gathering of Jewish conservatives attending the event. Instead, the evidence of hate that the ADL subsequently trumpeted was a talk by Chaya Reichik, an Orthodox Jewish woman who runs the Libs of TikTok social media accounts. The ADL falsely smeared Reichik and the other CPAC speakers as spreading anti-trans hate. Now, Reichik is targeted by the political left for her work in exposing the way some educators boast of their efforts to indoctrinate students in critical race theory teachings, as well as gender ideology that sexualizes young children. She does so by merely reposting the videos produced for public consumption by these people without editing. That has helped illuminate the problematic nature of school curricula and classroom experiences. What Reichik is doing is a public service, but to those who want such practices kept out of the public view, she's a hate monger who endangers teachers. The issue of whether schools should be encouraging transitioning for children without parental permission, or whether states should allow minors to take life-altering drugs or even surgeries that involve bodily mutilation and sterilization, is one that is deserving of a vigorous public debate. Yet the mere raising of such concerns about the welfare of children is considered a form of hate by the Anti-Defamation League. Yet as outrageous as the ADL smears of Reichick and other CPAC speakers are, it also begs the question as to how it is that the defense of, quote, gender-affirming care the euphemism for such treatments and surgeries has become part of the mission of the group whose purpose it is to defend the Jews against anti-Semitism. 
The answer is the same for those who wonder about why the ADL was discovered to be spreading critical race theory ideas that grant a permission slip to anti-Semitism in its own anti-hate curricula or its endorsement of the anti-Semitic Black Lives Matter movement. The group has become a reliable source of left-wing ideology and Democratic Party partisan spin, which also explains its attempt to tie former President Donald Trump to anti-Semitic events that had nothing to do with him, or its stance on Supreme Court nominations. The ADL continued its anti-Trump advocacy by falsely characterizing his speech CPAC speech as hate-mongering and supposedly echoing classic anti-Semitic rhetoric. Now, Trump is fair game for criticism, and Americans can oppose his attempt to return to the White House or disagree with the substance of that speech. But it is not anti-Semitism to, as he did, criticize those pushing for more U.S. involvement in the Russia-Ukraine war, or those who advocate for globalist economic and environmentalist stands, or those who hate America. The issues he addressed are real, and to dismiss a mindset that views, for example, the plight of the people in East Palestine, Ohio, who are dealing with an environmental disaster that the Biden administration ignored, or the erasure of America's southern border, as more important than the territorial integrity of Ukraine, as anti-Semitic, is madness. In a single week, the ADL's overhyped white supremacist statistics and bizarre spin on CPAC demonstrated anew that it has long since abandoned its responsibility to fight anti-Semitism so as to become just another left-wing Jewish group. During Greenblatt's tenure, it has betrayed its mission. It is now more of a liability to the security of American Jews than an asset. Thanks for listening. Please remember to tune in every day for Top Story Daily Edition and every week for the full hour-long JNS TV program. Whether you're listening to us on Spotify or any of the other podcast platforms, or watching us live on Facebook or Twitter, or on the JNS YouTube channel, or on JBS TV, please like and or subscribe to Top Story. Click on the bell for notifications and give us good reviews. Please write to us at editor at jns.org and let us know where you listen or watch the show and what you think about it. And remember, keep reading and thinking for yourself. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.